Hello and welcome to Auto Talk. I am Clark Price, and with me, as always, is automotive journalist, author, collector, consultant, fine artist, man about town. It's Wallace Weiss. And also present here in the studio is the force behind the Highlander newspaper at UC Riverside's Fast Lane column. And also, he writes online, see if I can do this, about uh, Audi uh, S2000s. And uh, Lexi. Is that you correct? You missed Porsches. Porsches. Okay, I'll get it next time. It only takes like 35 times to get it. Uh, we're all gearing up for the LA Auto Show. And so, I are, are we all going? Yes. We're all going. All right? Wally? For one day, I'm going. Yeah. The opening day is the most exciting. I'm going to see the big presentations where they have like the 50-foot wide screen and dancing girls and you know. yeah they do they really put on the i don't know what this means but it put on the dog it means like you really go for it you put it on a big show and uh they have these gigantic screens i remember last year i think it was with the uh the corvette it was a spectacular uh screen and audio the i'm really a connoisseur of really good audio and i don't know what they're doing but it sounds excellent and it's super loud to the point like i i gotta cover like plug my ears with Should something we mentioned the free fooders that make us look like free, no i think this is a, a classic a classic tradition of the mooching journalists um mooching and munching y- yeah it's i'll tell you something i mean going way back uh journalists always would go to a publicity demonstration and go straight for the food mm-hmm. the rest of it was gratuitous so they're looking yeah. and b- by the way in in your heyday wally uh you you were flown to places and this is what happens to jur- even today i mean it's happening mm-hmm. uh, journalists are flown to a, a like an evocative location for uh a new car to be uh shown like uh right Let's, you were pampered at some resort. Yeah, and and oh, here's a free leather jacket oh. embroidered. When I went to the Volvo one, there was even like, here's 50 Volvos parked outside. Take whatever one you want and meet us all for dinner. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it was there's it's kind of a, a lavish thing that they'll do. And it's still being done, but I'm I'm no longer on the A well, list. I think, or even well, I think well, well, I think what happened is you're a print journalist, and uh, the uh, print what's that? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so uh, I I noticed that all these, you know, what's really interesting is all these YouTube journalists, uh, and uh, the way they present is just I the best thing about it I like is how ultra casual they are this kind of like i don't care and then like uh i'm here in shorts and a and a crappy look i'm sorry i shouldn't say that uh yeah and a shirt with some logo on it and you know no no respecting or respectful journalist or journalist that you would respect that would would ever present that way on uh, cable news or or television but on youtube they can get millions of followers and it's because that somehow i think they represent a kind of a smart everyman who takes them through the car and 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 like doug demuro i think is the best example who else would you say shirag any any others? Uh, I, I actually think Doug Demir is the best example of that, but he's not an example of a journalist who gets flown out 
to oh, see. Oh, he does. He does go to these junkets. He does go. He he is invited to all of those things. Uh, he I haven't seen him do as much uh, lately, but back in his Jalopnik days, uh, he did uh, post videos of him going out to some of these conferences. You know, I think he's too busy actually making money right now. Right, exactly. But yeah. I would say some other journalists like Matt Farah. Uh, oh, you can time. tell. You can tell that he uh, he gets up to the the feedback there. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I I I think that for me, actually, having gone to a number of them, I kind of get tired of them, and I got other stuff to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, but uh, anyway, I I digress. Wally, you were. Oh, you, well, that's just my main motivation to see the presentations, and yeah. also it's our one chance to meet the uh, head of public relations of this company or that and uh, well also we relations. have met some excellent I'm interested in the de- designers who are the the artists uh, I, I'm interested in the art and technology mm-hmm. of cars and so that we've met uh, uh, um, a number of the interesting designers at the LA Auto Show so and also journalists in foreign countries I remember when we sat and had lunch with a journalist from Norway who said mm-hmm. that the Tesla was the most popular car mm-hmm. in Norway which was a mm-hmm. kind of surprising to, to hear to hear Best about selling car yeah so you have uh, an opportunity at the LA uh, Auto Show to meet people from around the world and get all kinds of perspectives. To me, that's the most interesting, interesting part of it. And and they the cars are also something that's fascinating. And what are, what's going to be at the LA Auto Show, Chirag? What's what are the cars you're looking forward to seeing? Uh, I'm looking most looking forward to seeing the new 992 series Porsche 911. Uh, the 2020 911. It's going to be completely. I would say redesigned, but Porsche hasn't really redesigned the 911. It's just going to be the next evolution of it, the next iteration of So the, the platform is, is modified. It's right? going to be modified. Uh, the exterior will be modified, too. You're going to see a fami- familiar-looking car, but just in a newer guise. Well, the 911 shape is a timeless shape, and so abandoning it would be foolish, I think. But right. e- evolving it has seemed to work, except in the case of... Uh, the uh, fried egg headlight version of the of the 911. Porsche purists look at that as a uh, dark moment in their history. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I almost bought one actually. It was super super cheap. And uh, I'm kind of glad that I didn't because uh, you would have gotten shafted probably because of the IMS shaft bearing. Exactly. Yes, good good pun you hint out there. Um, anything else on the LA Auto Show, or wh- what else have we done recently? This is the catch-up, uh, Wally. Have you have you done besides uh, um, the order for oil painting Ferraris? So. Uh, okay, Ferrari oil painting, Chirag. Uh, heading out to local car meets over here. The Drive VCR meet is going to be here tonight, uh, Wednesday night. I believe today is 11-14, November 14th, at the Boba Tea House at 9 p.m. Yep, yep. Right there on Blaine Street. Right. And uh, uh, Riverside. some interesting cars there. Um, Every now and then you see some something. So there has been a Lamborghini uh, Huracan kicking around, right? Right, yeah. That uh, looks like it belongs to one of the business owners around here. Uh, I see. Around, around campus. But I wouldn't uh, be surprised if I saw that show up over there right um let's talk about uh what's happened uh, recently in the news one of the you know having grown up uh, been born in los angeles and grown up in southern california 
I have seen many, many fires. Uh, the, the some sometimes they're they're storied and in songs. The Doors song "L.A. Woman" has a reference to "I see your hills are filled with fire," something like that. So I've seen many fires uh, in uh, in in my life in this in Southern California, but I think. And I've said this before, and I'll say I, I say every one is the worst I've ever seen. But this one really is the worst I've ever seen. And every time I see some of these uh, more expensive homes that I would associate with car collecting uh, on fire, I wonder if uh, have we lost any irreplaceable. Uh, beautiful cars, and apparently we have. Yes, we've lost uh, what there. There happens to be a car collector in Malibu who lost his entire collection of thirty plus cars. Uh, I believe his name was Gary Cerveni, and uh, he lost a Norman Tim Special, which is uh, I'm actually was never familiar with it, but it is a prototype uh, or a concept of a car that was a one-off special from the 1940s. Uh, Gary uh, happened to have picked up the car in the desert as a shell a few years ago and restored the car completely. And it, I, I think it is beautiful, a beautiful shape that looks like it could be mu- Museum of Modern Art quality. Right. I think this is it's a good-looking car. Even if, if it, uh, looks are subjective, even if you don't like the looks, one has to only help but think he put in so much time, money, and emotion into restoring this car. Especially since it's a one-off and one that he's responsible I look at this car and I see that somebody loved this thing. Oh, easily. There must have been some serious... And I I would assume the same goes for the rest of his collection that he's lost. Yeah. Um, Wally, you have been an automotive journalist for many, many years. And um, uh, you have had some experiences with uh, uh, saving cars from a fire. Could you tell us about it? Only one in person. Uh, I left my Gullwing Mercedes uh, in a garage to be some little minor work, and I was about 50 feet away in another car, and I heard a pop, and I looked in my rearview mirror, and I saw flames sprouting up at the repair garage right next to the one where my car was. And I ran back, and I figured my my Gullwing was hard to start. Fuel inject, real early fuel injection. You had to hold the choke handle out. And I figured they wouldn't know how to start it, so I started it, and then I drove out, and I thought, if they're so disorganized to not know what to do when there's a fire, then I'm not going to leave my car here anymore. So I I drove it out and took it to another place. But uh, I have evolved some rules about protecting the car. Is this an article you have? No, I wrote it. Yeah, an article I wrote, but let's read some of the headlines and see if we agree with them. So this is uh, by Wallace Weiss, and it's called Fire Protection for Your Collector Car. Having had the unique experience of driving my Gullwing Mercedes out of a burning building, I didn't realize it was that car. You saved a, a, a masterpiece car out of a burning building. I can add a little advice on protecting your class. Classic. Store it with a key in it. True, a thief could break in your garage or the garage working on your car and steal it. But believe me, when the building is on fire, no one is going to take too long to search for the keys. Uh, expand on that, Wally. Well, I'd like to hear you agree or disagree with any of them. Yeah, I'm, I just I'm going think to disagree. It's only a few I would sec- disagree as well. There's <laughs> only a few seconds that you can... Uh, 
expect some employee of a garage to say, now let's see, which board did we put that key on? But if the key's in the ignition, then they might say, well, I'll try and save this one. It's easy to start. Well, I think that's true for the case of maybe a mechanic's garage, but if you, if it's your personal residence, uh, I mean, I would just tend to have your all your car keys organized either in a bowl or on a board or somewhere in a central location where all where you can access and distinguish all of them. You know, the fire is so rare, but the potential for thievery is so great. I right. just would not store it with a key okay. in I've it. Been overruled. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, let's see. You keep the car ambulatory. When I well, this is in the same vein. This is so it's immediately drivable. Yeah, so. and also I have another one in there. Keep the car pointed out. Now a lot of times I go past houses and they have the door open, and I think the smart people are the one who's pointed out because what if your wife doesn't know how to drive a manual? She doesn't know how to get it reversed. It's a little too late when the house is on fire to teach her how to drive a manual. If you had her practice a few times. She could she could get it out, park it at the end of the street, and uh, and save the car if not the house. Here's uh, ma- another one. I can't I cannot agree with this. Make sure your neighbors know how to start your car and put it into gear. Yes, See, it's you two don't trust anybody. <laughs> yes, it's hard to believe, but in 2018, many guys who own collector cars never taught their wife how to drive a manual shift. Wouldn't it be a shame if your Porsche or Ferrari roasted because they didn't know how to let out the clutch? Uh, I am not going to give. Uh, I'm. I don't. Nobody's going to drive my car. So that's how it is. So unless they're special and I say okay and I'm right there. Uh, this one I might agree with. Oh, what do you think, neighbors, training your neighbors to, to drive your car? I would train maybe family members. Neighbors, depends on the car, kind of pushes it a little bit. Yeah, okay, all right. Um, this one I kind of agree with. Move it at the first sign of a fire. Even if the fire, well, I don't know, even the fire is five miles away, but you live in a fire-prone area, move the car. One report I read from Malibu was a Testarossa owner moved his car to the beach, where, true, it will get ashes on it and salt air at night, but hey, less chance of it burning in a cement parking lot than in a yard surrounded uh, by shrubbery or wood garage. Let me uh, say that... um, even if you move your car out to the street in front of your house, it's probably less, much less likely to burn than if you put it in a, a wooden structure, right. which is prone to, to fire. The problem is that I had a car, a collector car, uh, parked on a street in a building in Los Angeles. And uh, that building caught on fire, and I could not get my car out. And it was surrounded by fire engines, and they were dragging hoses over it. And then I filed a complaint with the city of Los Angeles, and they ignored it. So, uh, but the car did not catch on fire. Oh, Oh, I didn't even put on that list. The trouble with owning a convertible is that if these embers land on a convertible top, they're much more likely to catch it on fire. Than I think they're fire, the fire retardant uh, um, uh, material there. I, I, doubt, I doubt very much. Yeah, I would. doubt they're very flammable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Keep the car on four wheels uh, so you don't have it on jack stands. Well, that's how people star, store cars, to not compress the uh, suspension. But, but I'm saying 
Okay, the fire comes. Is your wife or neighbor going to know how to jack it up and replace each jack stand with a wheel and tire? So your little thing about getting your wheels done is going to get your car. Okay. All right. You you always do worst case scenario very well, Wally. Don't pile stuff on it. You've left your non-running car be a table for boxes or all. I, a lot of times when you see a legit, there's so many fake uh, uh, barn finds, but when you see a legit one, it's often piled up yeah, with stuff. Right. So buried that nobody yeah, knows. Yeah, yeah. Well, to be fair, if the car is non-running and you're in an emergency fire situation, there's a good chance you're not going to be able to get the get the car out unless you have a flatbed or some other creative way to oh, get it out. Oh, here's, here's like a triage thing in a, in a hospital emergency room. Don't have non-valuable cars in the path of valuable ones. I know a guy who has an Italian sports car, and then, okay, that's enough. Uh, you're an idiot. And the car, and the car outward, <laughs> and the car outward while it's garaged, even if your wife can't drive a stick. You already did that one. Right? Yeah, it all. Didn't we do that one already? Uh, no, yeah. that was teaching your oh, wife how to oh, drive. Teaching this wife one is how make to make sure it's outward. Nope, so, well, I know a guy. You know, I know a guy who divorced his wife, and his wife got his Ferrari and had to put uh, blocks of wood on the pedals in order to drive it away, and burned up the clutch and all kinds of stuff. I know a guy like that. I wonder who that is. All right. Well, anyway, the thing is, your cars are. If, if you have a collector car. You might uh, consider finding uh, or putting it in some kind of a situation where it can't burn up because uh, a lot of these cars, unfortunately, are permanently lost. There's um, a great picture circulating online of firefighters pushing out a 1960s Shelby GT350 Mustang. Ooh, saving it or not? Saving it. Yeah, uh, and that's it worth about 100000 but about the 200, house looks 000. like about two or $3 million. Yeah. So that's all they were able to save from that house. If that car would have had the key in it, they could have started it and driven it out. Well, they didn't, they were never seen it again. Uh, let's see. Uh, Fiat Chrysler. Somebody doesn't like the name. They want to call. Uh, they want to call the company what? Jeep, Jeep Ram. Jeep Ram. Well, what, do, th- what do we think of that? I agree I with the them because why name your your giant car company after the, the uh, a name that's a loser in America? Like everybody makes. Yeah, a this joke. is a, this is an editorial. Fiat. Uh, no, an investor. Investor. Fix it again, Tony. The, the Detroit Free 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 Press. It'd be like if General Motors bought Checker Adam, Automobile Company called the Checker GM. Why why have your name of your company be such a loser to everybody? So investor Adam Wyden says uh, has a multi-part prescription, including spinning off Fiat to focus on North America to boost the value of the Italian-American automaker. Spinning off Fiat? This guy has no respect for tradition. But Adam Wyden's suggestions don't stop there. Wyden of New York-based AW. ADW Capital Management sounds a little shady. Says FCA should merge with Ford or General Motors, reflecting a long-standing pitch for industry consolidation. Uh, the suggestions came in a letter this week, which also recommended a spin-off of Alfa Romeo and Maserati, and said, uh, "This guy sounds like a total bore to me." Uh, are we, are, Wally? Do you think this is a good idea? I just Fiat I never liked the name Fiat Chrysler because a lot of people think bad things when they think of the word Fiat. I think that we're, the name Chrysler has a lot of uh, cachet with it, but it's been kind of diminished over the years. Or even Dodge Chrysler sounds better. Than really? That. I'm not. I don't think Dodge. I don't know. If you're no, you know. Picky. I really think that they should just keep the name the same. 
Um, I think that just for confusion's sake, you change the name to Jeep Ram. Those aren't even the parent companies of hmm. of the brand. Well, I'm not sure that uh, that. Uh, uh, I think we've talked about this before. And you want to say something about the McLaren Speedtail? Uh, before I didn't know about that. There w- that it was a three-seater. McLaren's uh, done that before. I think having an exotic three-seater is a partial solution. You could still use it as a family car if you had one kid, or you could take a guest along. And I don't the think mo- the Speedtail is going to be a f- much of a family car. The marketing is really interesting. If they're only going <laughs> to yeah, make 106 cars, just like they did originally when they made this car called the F1 many years ago, and now those cars are all worth a million now. Fifteen so, million. And and uh, 300 people tried to buy this new one before they even announced it when they heard they were going to make a new one. So I think it's visually arresting because of the strange. Tail. It's meant I to. I think g- it looks beautiful. Yeah, it, it goes. It's supposed to go on a straight line really fast, and that's kind of what it's uh, what it's about. The driver's seat is in the middle, so uh, that's an. Un- there was a famous cartoon where this playboy is driving his McLaren F1, and he's seated in the middle, and then there's a woman on each side, and the women are arguing with each other. All right, let's go. First world problems. Let's, uh, in our continuing uh, uh, following of Ford's possibly spinning down the drain, uh, so they're pushing the uh, the uh, Ford, Ford Ranger aftermarket uh, products, uh, and they're looking at having cars built in China. Uh, tell us about this, Shirag. Uh, uh, so looks like Ford wants to build some more cars in China. I'm going to assume that these, these cars are not destined for the U.S. market, just given the Trump tariff situation uh, and the fact that the Focus Active uh, that, that was initially going to be built in China and brought to the U.S. is no longer going to be brought to the U.S. due to prof- profitability issues. So it looks like they want to expand uh, their stake in the Chinese market, which GM holds uh, quite a large portion of, especially with Buick. Uh, so they want to, they're planning to launch 50 brand new cars and SUVs in the Chinese market, but not bring them to the United States. Yeah, I would I would assume so that that there's no case for them to bring them to the United States due to profitability. Hmm. So Ford's going into business with Volkswagen apparently, and mm-hmm. also doing deals with China. Uh, Wally, are you betting on Ford's future? Uh, I think it's a mistake to, well, the Chinese thing, I think it's a mistake to put too many eggs in that basket in case international politics suddenly result in, uh, you know, cutting off imports from China and then you're really hung out there to dry. But I think with Volkswagen, they can have so many platforms they can use. Once the floor pan is decided and the drivetrain and all that, all they have to do is put a Ford badge on it and they could quickly have sedans uh, to replace the ones they're not making anymore. So, By international politics vis-a-vis our relations with China, you're talking about another whimsical pronouncement from uh, the Trumpster fire. Yeah, I mean, this thing about the... uh, Tariff. The tariffs. He could... He could kill a deal that takes years to make and put together in factories being built. He could kill it in a single day, so it's too risky. Where these Volkswagen deals, the cars could be built in the United States, but just using Volkswagen engineering and design, you know, all Ford would have to do is put the oval on it. Hmm. 
Uh, okay. All right. Uh, let's talk about uh, uh, the, the, the speaking of things Chinese. Um, Shirag, you had pointed out uh, before the show that there's a, a company in China making copies of Porsches. Right. Uh, I, th- I believe they're pronounced Zote. Zote. I'm not quite sure if I'm pronouncing it right, but there is a Chinese. Porsche knockoff maker, and they want to be the first Chinese automaker here in the U.S., and uh, I personally think most of their cars look quite comical. I mean, apart from their Porsche knockoffs, they have a car that resembles a Fiat Multipla, which is a little minivan, uh, sort of like tall hatchback thing that Fiat sells in Europe, that they've called the Multiplan. So not only have they stolen the looks, but they've stolen the name as well, and just added an end to it. Uh, but the rest of their cars, especially the one that they're planning to to have distribute here in the U.S., it's going to be called a T600 SUV uh, that they want to have here in approximately 11 months. Uh, and it looks strikingly similar to the outgoing generation of the Volkswagen Touareg. Mm, mm. So uh, do you think they're going to make it here? I highly doubt it. Yeah. What's uh, going on with the Jaguar I-Pace? Uh, the I-Pace is their new electric SUV. It starts around $70,000. has a decent decent amount of range. Quite small, uh, but it has made up 10% of Jaguar sales last month. So vo- volume-wise and number-wise, it's not huge, but uh, it is it is good for, for Jaguar that their new car is, I guess, selling well. Uh, but they are still, still selling significantly less uh, than Tesla even sells. Mm. Well, I want to uh, uh, thank Wally again for drawing our attention and writing this uh, this um, piece on fire prevention. But uh, we we have a few minutes left on the show, and I I don't want to just let it just pass. Where Wally, you drove a Mercedes Gullwing out of a burning building without getting the story. Why don't you tell us the story of what happened there, and then I... Uh, well, I don't really... I never went back to find out, but it wasn't even their shop which started the fire, but probably somebody... So, wait a minute. Let's set it up. You're, yeah. You had... It was your car. Right, and I left it there for... In a shop, in a repair shop. For painting or mechanical work. Okay. But I had another car there, and I, I had planned to uh, leave the Mercedes. This is in Los Angeles. Right. Or maybe it was even Torrance or someplace. I Which don't remember is where. Part of so then I, I I was thinking, I'll come back in a few days and see how they're doing. But then when I didn't even get the end of driveway and I heard a pop, and like you hear when uh, you light an acetylene torch, and I looked back and I saw flames leaping up uh, one garage stall over, but adjoining the one my car was in. And when I ran back, Nobody looked like they were thinking about my car. They were all thinking about the many hundreds of gallons of paint that they had Mm -hmm. and oil and gasoline that they had stored there. So I thought the chance that they could start my car is small because even I always had a hard time starting it. It would take like five minutes to start it. So I thought they'll lose patience. And then it was so crowded there, there was only like... Uh, one car lane wide outside the shop to push it to and probably other cars would soon fill that as the other shop car shops move their cars out so i thought this is my one chance so once i got in it engine was running i just 
kept going. And it had the key in it. Had the key in it. There and you the go. car was pointed outwards. If the car would go. not have been pointed outwards, maybe another car would have already been pulled in, in back. So you're running Mercedes Gullwing was mm-hmm. being worked on. You see a fire. You're you're there at an opportune moment. You get in the car, which, by the way, the Gullwing is not the easiest car to get in in and out of. Mm-hmm. And so you get in the car. It starts and you drive it out. Right, but I would have. Where did you drive it to? Oh, I drove it home and then all the way home. Ride, and I got a just ride while back. The, the while the shop is is burning up in flame. Yeah, you just I say, "Hey, so I'm going to use this opportunity they didn't to drive care home." About my car, so <laughs> I didn't care about their shop. Oh my gosh! Okay, now this takes us to the when you know Wally for a long time, and believe me, ladies and gentlemen, I've known Wally a long time. So uh, when you when you do, you hear stories. And you remember these stories, and there are so many of them. It's just like I, they call it mix up in a kind of Wally Weiss kaleidoscope of memories. There was one that you told me that you're driving along. It's a quiescent uh, country road. It's a beautiful day. Uh, you're driving, driving, and you just happen to look over and a house. Wait, wait, wait. I'll, t- I'll tell you. Oh, it. you First, tell it. Okay. We only day, have one was, minute left. It was dusk. Dusk, okay. And, and the prairies in Texas. Okay. And I looked way in the distance. I saw one little farmhouse with no other farmhouses around. And a bolt of lightning hit that Oh, house. a bolt of lightning. And, okay. And, and, forgot. And what? flames shot out of all the windows simultaneously. And the, and the windows bl- must have blown yeah, out. Yeah, and I was with another guy, and I just said, "Well, whoever was there, they aren't there now." And we just kept <laughs> just going. keep going. <laughs> you know, it's very similar to a, the the shops scene, on it was fire. A scene from a film noir movie. Fast, and fantastic. Saw. And then also in that same trip, somehow you were surrounded by six yeah, men with machine yeah, guns, with no badges, a knit hats and short jackets, and carrying a grease guns are called 45 caliber machine guns and they stopped us they looked at us they said it's not you and then let us okay go. with that it, uh, for wallace weiss who it wasn't for him and for uh, Chirag, and uh, this is clark price tuning in next time for more auto talk thanks for listening mm-hmm.